Welcome to Strategy Saturday. I'm Charles Crillo, and today we're going to be discussing what is house hacking. Now, house hacking is what I consider to be one of the best uh, initial investment strategies for real estate investors. You're able to become a landlord. You'll be able to become a property manager. You're able to make an investment. You'll be you're able to purchase your own property that you're living in uh, while all decreasing your monthly expenses. And I couldn't get more wins in there as a great strategy for starting your real estate investing career. Now, house hacking is a real estate investing strategy that entails buying a property, living in one part of it, and renting out the spaces you don't occupy. House hacking is an easy way to get into real estate investing. Occasionally, uh, an owner-occupant loan to purchase a 140-unit property can come with a lower upfront down payment as well as a lower interest rate, which is the key to this whole strategy. Because when you start buying investment properties, you're typically, unless you have some creative financing or you have a uh, relationship with a bank or something like this, you're typically in investment properties putting down 20-25% in most cases. Now, there's scenarios where it's more or less, but 20-25% is typically what you're going to be putting down for a commercial property, commercial multifamily property, so five plus units, or if you're buying your second or third uh, three, four unit property uh, or duplex, something like this as an investment, that's going to be where you're going to be still putting down 20 or 25%. So when you're able to get in to a house hack with 3.5% down, the government is guaranteeing, uh, pretty much providing you with a loan at 96.5% loan to value, which is unheard of. Um, you can now purchase a property and you're able to uh, live in one unit and rent out the rest. Now, there's a couple different ways of doing this with how people figure out what they want to do and how they're going to design it. But house hacking enables you to build equity in a property and generate passive cash flow from the units you're renting out and also receive certain tax benefits. And it's all these are true. But the main thing when you're house hacking is that I'm going to focus more on buying in a good uh, a property in a good area. If I'm if I'm house hacking, I really want to focus on three or four units. That's going to be the target units that I want to find. House hacking a single family, I'm going to go through the pros and cons of that. House hacking a duplex, it's good, but you're probably going to have to come out of pocket with a lot more money per month than you would with a triplex or quad. I started off house hacking with a triplex, and um, it was a great experience. I even rented out the second bedroom in my unit and that even allowed even more cash flow. So there's a number of different ways that you can go about house hacking a property. And I want to go through them on this episode. So as a simple strategy of purchasing a single family home, a duplex, a triplex, or other quadplex property has been around for decades. But the term house hacking has only entered the public lexicon in recent years. And this is true. Uh, back in 2006, when I bought my first uh, house hack, my first investment property, multifamily property, uh, we didn't have house hacking. We just knew that we were going to live in one unit and rent out the others. Now, these types of properties are standard for house hacking, but you can get creative as well and divide up a single dwelling property into multiple units with the right know-how and resources. And this is a little trickier, and I wouldn't really suggest this, but it is a way that people do house hack. So house hacking as a way to get into real estate investing. While duplexes, triplexes, and quads are ideal for house hacking, they often are all more sought after for the same reason, which can drive up the purchase price. And this is a very interesting uh, thing to note, even if you're not house hacking. Maybe if you're looking for when the prices of a two, three, four unit property, because people want to house hack, those are going to be driven up. 
And they're also people can get in with three and a half percent down. When you start getting into your five, six, seven unit properties, uh, and these are small apartment complexes, small apartment buildings, these are where you have to come up with 20, usually 25% down, plus all your extra fees. You can't roll them really in and all this kind of stuff. So it takes a lot more money. Someone's buying a $400,000 uh, house hack. They put down 3.5% of that, right? 12, 13, 15,000, whatever that is with all your expenses. Um, whereas when you're buying a $400,000 apartment complex, $100,000 down. So it's a completely different uh, setup of liquidity that the person has to have when they're buying that property. And most people in the house hacking, it's their first purchase and they're going to be living in there, which is how you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to be living in the property, and that's the FHA guidelines. There's a whole bunch more. You can just Google it. Um, however, a single family with a finished basement suite can also serve the same purpose with very often cost less depending on your city and state. So if you wanted to transform um, your basement into a suite, it's possible. It's a lot more work. I wouldn't really suggest that. Um, but the main thing is that you're allowed to go down to 3.5% on these FHA loans. So whatever your strategy is for the home, just keep in mind that you're probably going to be paying a lot more for a 2, 3, 4-unit property because now house hacking is all the rage. So when you're purchasing a single-family property to house hack, it's another way of house hacking. However, it comes with some drawbacks. First off, you're actually living with the roommates or tenants, even if they're in your basement suite or mother-in-law suite. You might start off renting to people you know, but once they move out, you need to find and vet new tenants and live with them. This is a big thing when I left college and I had friends that were buying houses right after college and single family houses. And I was like, well, what's going to happen when, you know, when your friend leaves after 12 months or 24 months or 36 months, right? And they go, uh... I don't know. You know what I mean? There was there was never an answer at that point. It was just that I can decrease my mortgage right now, and uh, I'm a financial wizard, and it's a great idea. But the problem is, what do you do? You know, what is your well, now? You're going to have your mortgage payment double when that person moves out. But um, no one ever thinks that way when they're getting into uh, a single family house hacking. Now, there's some people that do a single family house hacking, and they're doing it for the lifetime of the property and they don't mind living with people that they haven't previously known, that's fine. But if you're not a person like that, then purchasing with two, three, four units is probably going to be the best strategy. Next, what is your exit strategy? So with an on your single family uh, house hack, sell the home with the roommates, wait for the roommates to move out, then sell the property or wait for your roommates to move out and then rent the whole property out to one tenant. It's much harder than just renting out an empty unit with no roommates. When I was house hacking um, my own property, and after like a few years, I left for a single family house um, before moving down to Florida. And I remember that um, I was living in one of the units and I m literally rented the place out within a week or two. I actually had a roommate that was uh, living for free and painting the whole apartment. So when I moved out for, um, you know, we exchanged him not having to pay rent to paint the apartment and we moved out. I didn't have to take any money out of my pocket. I had a property that was beautiful, a unit that was beautiful. I could rent it right out and I rented it to a person and I think they stayed there for a little over a year. So it's a great way of getting in and you have a great exit strategy when you're purchasing a multi-unit property for house ag. First and, format, for, uh, first and foremost, if you want to qualify for an owner-occupant property loan, your property has to be residential. Okay, So one to four units and you can't have more than this. 
Now, living in a property or also renting will make it much easier to keep up with maintenance, management, and other problems which may arise. This is a pro and con. You're living with your tenants. However, it's much easier if someone says, hey, I've got an issue, and you walk down two floors, right? Or you walk up one floor, and you're able to address that issue, right? Go down to your basement, you have some tools there, you do something maybe to makeshift until your handyman gets there. Fine. But if you're someone that wants complete privacy and you don't want to be working, you're a nine to five person, you don't want to be working after hours when someone calls you. Um, well, first of all, property management is probably not your game. And this probably isn't your investment strategy because you kind of have to be on call a little bit more. And you get calls at all different times of the night. Sometimes, not always. I've gotten them before. But uh, when you're self-managing. But you'll get a process in place. You'll find handymen that can help you out. You'll find people you can call. And the first year is going to be a little tricky, but after you get your Rolodex or your phone, let's say, uh, contact list of all your people and um, of who to call when there's a certain issue and you know that they're not going to gouge you with pricing, fantastic. Now you're making progress. And after a couple of years of this, you can now purchase your second property without an issue. Next, when you move out, you just need to rent your unit. Exactly what I said. It's a perfect way of going through the process and not having to now, hey, what do I do? I'm moving out of this property. I have a roommate still there. Like, you know, what am I supposed to do? Do I have to wait for this roommate? Do I have to tell this guy to leave? Do I have to give him money? What happens if he doesn't leave? If he doesn't leave, I'm getting paid half my mortgage from this one roommate, and I've got to make the other half up until he leaves. And so there's a number of different issues when you're house hacking a single family property, unless you don't have an issue with living with strangers and you're, you're in there long term. Personally, for me, I would find a two, three, four unit, preferably a three or four unit. And I would focus on buying that. And I would focus on finding good tenants and do work around the property. And little by little, I'm bringing rents up to value. And uh, so when you move out, you have a property completely renovated all set to go and now you have at that point you have a full 100 percent rental property that you can now um you can now have cash flow come off for years so i hope you enjoyed please remember to rate review subscribe submit comments and potential show topics at globalinvestorspodcast.com look forward to two more episodes next week see you then Nothing in this episode should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Any investment opportunities mentioned on this podcast are limited to accredited investors. Any investments will only be made with proper disclosure, subscription documentation, and are subject to all applicable laws. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for individualized advice. Opinions of guests are their own. Information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of Syndication Superstars, LLC, exclusively.